Welcome to Beyond Blathers, the podcast where we dive deeper into the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. I'm Sophia Osborne. And I'm Olivia DeBercier. And we've just launched our new merch store over on Etsy. So if you want to support the show, check it out at etsy.com slash shop slash beyond blathers. We've got new stickers, Atlas Moth, and Nautilus keychains, and even these like absolutely adorable needle-felted sunfish ornaments that Olivia handmade. And they're all unique and beautiful in different colors, so definitely check it out. Yeah, and we'll have a limited supply of the keychains and the sunfish ornaments, like very limited. <laughs> um, so make sure you get one before they sell out. And uh, thanks to everyone who's already supported us um, or bought from the store. Your support means so much to us. We love it. We get so excited with every order. So know that with every order, you are making Sophia and I's day. Yeah, 100%. Cool. Well, I'm also excited for this week's episode. It's... Uh... Oh my god, I never remember to ask you the pronunciation before. <laughs> oh. Yeah, this one actually isn't too bad. It's anomalocaris. Anomalocaris. Like it's it's very phonetic. Yeah. Like anomaly. Yeah, like an anomaly. Okay. Exactly. Cool. So yeah, today we're talking about the anomalocaris, which I had never heard of and looks really, really, really weird. So I'm interested <laughs> to hear about it. I realized I like so you know how you bought your like nautilus bucket hat mm-hmm. and then i was like "Ooh, now i need a nautilus bucket hat i also bought a born in the wrong generation sticker and it has an anomaly caris on it oh and i didn't cool. realize that until i was like wait has it shipped yet and i looked and i was like oh cute i didn't even acknowledge that i'd bought that i love that paleo sticker <laughs> That's and that was from idea. fossil forager i'm gonna give fossil forager a shout out yeah at fossil forager on twitter yeah. She just has the most amazing art and yeah, really, really cute, like embroidered bucket hats. Um, so if you want to match me and Olivia, check it out. <laughs> yeah, but before we get into it, of course, we'll see what Blathers has to say. So if you bring an Anomalocaris fossil to Blathers, he'll say, Anomalocaris lived in the water long before the dinosaurs and are known for their er, distinctive look. Flat bodies over three feet in length, bulging eyes like a dragonfly, antennae like shrimp tails, they looked so peculiar that people originally thought they were multiple fossils stacked on top of each other. As a delightful side note, anomalocaris means abnormal shrimp. Obviously, this animal has a certain reputation in the scientific community. I wonder what that certain reputation is. It's not entirely clear to me. Like, it's not obvious to me, Blathers. Sorry. I guess he just means, like, the scientific community thinks they're weird. (laughs) Oh, okay. They're like the weird guy at the party that, like, walks up to you and says weird things. (laughs) Yes. That's, like, the vibe I get from this animal. Like, like you can't quite pin them down and you're just like, okay. (laughs) I love that. And they're eating a shrimp cocktail. So (laughs) what is it actually? Like, is it a shrimp? Okay, yeah, it's really, it's a really interesting animal because also this animal is from the Cambrian period, which is like when life was like a thing, like it was like just, you know, diversifying and there was like everything was in the ocean. Like it was just like a really weird time. So Anomalocaris is a genus of animals and 
the most famous of these species is Anomalocaris canadensis, who, as Blather said, their name literally translates to abnormal shrimp from Canada. Um, <laughs> and so <laughs> I was like, I need that on a sticker. Oh, my gosh. I really love it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they're uh, an arthropod. They're one of the very early arthropods. So. For those who aren't familiar with the word arthropod, that's basically just like the sciencey word for bug. Like to be really general about it, like crabs and insects and arachnids—they all go into that group arthropod. But I guess to start talking about the story of Anomalocaris and how it was discovered and all of that jazz, we should really start in Sophia's home province, British Columbia. So that is where the Burgess Shale is. And if you haven't heard of the Burgess Shale before, it's a very famous fossil site. It's a section of rock located in the Rocky Mountains of Yoho National Park. And within the rocks, there's this huge diversity of marine fossils from some of the earliest multicellular life on Earth from about 500 million years ago. So I just want to stop there because it always takes me a second to wrap my mind around how long ago 500 million years is. That is an absurd amount of time. Like, that's like, I can't, well, anyway. A long time ago. Sorry, I'm just like having... I have like a mini existential crisis every time I encounter a number like that. So maybe <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't... I should stop thinking about it so much. Um, so here at the Burgess Shale, both yeah hard material remains as well as soft tissue gets preserved pretty well, which is really rare because as we've discussed before in this show, soft tissue doesn't tend to fossilize well. Even here, it's like very difficult in the Burgess Shale, but yeah, sometimes you do find like worms and stuff, which is really cool. And the fossils from here are all from the Mid-Cambrian when life was contained to the seas and there was like this really big boom in animal diversity and that's called the Cambrian Explosion. So Anomalocaris was found here, but as Blathers mentioned before, for the first 100 years since that holotype was found, we didn't actually know it was Anomalocaris. And to understand why this is the case, I just want to sort of like talk a bit about what, what Anomalocaris looks like. And again, we have an idea of this from what Blather said, but I'll go into a bit more detail here. So they could get about 100 centimeters long, so like a meter long. I don't know how many feet that is. And so basically imagine like a meter long fish body that's been flattened a bit from the top. And then along the sides, Anomalocaris had these paddle-like structures or kind of like flaps and it was all along its body. And those would likely undulate to help propel itself through, through the water, kind of like it was one long fin. Again, a lot of this is like what paleontologists think. Of course, it's really hard to know for sure. But yeah, this is our idea of like probably how they moved. And at its head, it had these two really large eyes on eye stalks, kind of like a lobster. And most bizarrely of all, it had these two long, I mean, Blathers calls them antenna, but they're they're not really antenna. They're, they're more like just appendages. Like imagine two long curling tentacles and they protrude forward. And they had these like trident shaped spikes poking out of the bottom all the way like along this appendage. So kind of like spiky, long tentacles. Very weird. <laughs> and at the base of its head, 
was this round mouth with layers of plates circling it. So it kind of, it gets described as like a camera aperture, like in the sense that it it looks like it could kind of close or open that way, um, if that makes sense. I hope that makes sense. Does that make sense, Sophia? Yeah, I think so. It's just such a bizarre animal it's like in general does it make sense no but (laughs) no (laughs) I'm trying really hard to describe this in words but like if you saw a photo of it you'd be like that looks like a Star Wars creature that would like fly out of an asteroid belt and eat a spaceship like that is it looks like a mix of so many animals that shouldn't go together (laughs) like (laughs) that's what's happening here So, I mean, it makes sense that initially when the first anomalic Harris fossil was unearthed in 1892, only those long curling segmented appendages were found. So that person who found it thought it was like a type of shrimp, thus the name abnormal shrimp. And later, an anomalic Harris mouth was found and its round shape led paleontologists to categorize it as a type of jellyfish. But in the early 1980s, Harry Whittington... Harry Whittington, it's a very British name, <laughs> Harry Whittington uncovered an anomalic Harris complete with two of the sort of like shrimp tentacle shapes and the jellyfish for its mouth. So they were like, hmm, it looks like these things we thought were separate animals are all one animal. And yeah, that's sort of how the, the puzzle pieces came together and this new organism was kind of discovered again, like Like, is that the discovery? Is the original fossil discovery the discovery? I don't know. But yeah, I I think that's kind of a cool story where, (laughs) like, you find these flattened organisms that are, like, millions of years old, and we're lucky to have found them at all, and it's just kind of trying to figure it out from there. That's such an interesting history, and I, I feel like calling it a puzzle is very apt. Like, it in and of itself feels like one of those... I don't know, you know those old like toys and you could slide around like the different body parts like or like yes, like it was like yeah, a you bear have, like head. farm animals. Yeah, <laughs> like that kind of thing and you'd be like I don't know like mixing and matching them. That's what it feels like. Yeah. And like it doesn't look like an animal that makes sense. Like it does look like a bunch of like mistaken pieces put together. Yeah. <laughs> like, like a Frankenstein's monster. Mhm animal arthropod well so what was it adapted for like why did it have all these different parts yeah like what is going on why why is this animal the way it is anomalocaris is a really interesting specimen because it's one of our first examples of an apex predator and today we have all kinds of apex predators we have orcas and tigers and polar bears but back then life was just kicking off all these new ways of like being alive and and hunting or or feeding. And Anomalic Harris had both really large eyes and in general was large compared to everything else it was living with. So that suggests that it was probably a predator. And until recently, we didn't know too much about the eyes. We knew they were big, but unsurprisingly, uh, the soft tissue of the eyes didn't fossilize well. But recently, John Patterson at the University of New England found a pair of extremely well-fossilized eyes that he thinks belong to Anomalocaris. And these eyes were found in Emu Bay Shale in South Australia, and they show in detail tiny hexagonal lenses. So they look really like insect eyes today, but with 
way more lenses. So this particular specimen had at least 16,000 per eye. And if these pear-shaped eyes really belong to Anomalocaris, that means that one of the first arthropods we know of had amazing vision. And that's really cool. They had really complex compound eyes. And, and you think, well, this is a really primitive animal. Like, you would expect that maybe some of those adaptations like vision might not be that advanced yet. And yet, their vision may have been comparable to, like, modern-day dragonflies, which have 28,000 lenses per eye. So still a lot more, but it's amazing that something that was living in the water 500 million years ago when life was sort of first diversifying could see really well, in theory. So not only were they some of the biggest animals in the Cambrian seas, but they had this amazing vision to track down their prey. However, this research is still very controversial, so we don't know for sure if these eyes belonged to Anomalocaris. But regardless, it's still pretty cool that just judging by the fossils we have found of Anomalocaris and seeing the silhouette of their eyes, we do know that those eyes were really big. And so it does suggest that they were probably still very good at seeing. That's really surprising yeah but so cool like i i guess i always think of like ancient seas as being full of big apex predators but it it really helps to put this in perspective that this was before that yeah like it was really yeah it was just like the start of everything i mean before this there just like wasn't a lot yet like life is was like sponges on the seafloor and um what ended up happening during the cambrian explosion were or at least we think um that phytoplankton sort of like created this boom in the amount of oxygen in the water and erosion from the slopes of land put a lot of like minerals into the water which also helped life to come up with like new body plans and stuff like they could have shells and things like that instead of just being sort of passive sponges and like organisms that just sort of filter fed and that like you, you have animals that are moving and predating on each other and that's like a very big moment in the history of life. And so what were they eating then if they were sort of one of the first predators? This is kind of a controversial topic uh, with Anomalocaris because initially it was assumed that this big predator was probably feeding on trilobites, which were really abundant at the time. They kind of look like, if you, if you don't know what they look like, they kind of look like a cross between like a horseshoe crab and like a beetle, but they were aquatic and they were really, really abundant and diverse. And then they went extinct, so we don't have them anymore. But trilobites, they found fossils with bite marks taken out of them or damage to their exoskeleton that indicated that they had been attacked by something the size of Anomalocaris. And really, Anomalocaris is one of the biggest things we know of at that time. So it's sort of like the main culprit. And trilobites were also found in fossilized fecal matter, which is bizarre to me that they can find like, yeah. fossilized fecal matter from 500 million years ago or that they know that that's what it is. Anyway. Going beyond that, though, that blows my mind. <laughs> and yeah, and like basically they they look at the, the fecal matter and they're like, hmm, these are really big dumps and that could only have been produced by something as big as Anomalocaris. And so that's another reason that trilobites were sort of expected to be their main prey item. But recent research has shown that Anomalocaris's teeth probably weren't near strong enough to pierce the hard exoskeleton of trilobites. And of the Anomalocaris mouths that have been found, they don't see a lot of wear on the teeth, which is what you'd expect to see from an animal that's like constantly crunching up really tough food. So 
The theory now is more that they probably ate soft-bodied creatures, things like jellyfish or like worm-like animals, or maybe it ate trilobites during the period of the trilobite life cycle when they just molted out of their old exoskeleton and their new one was still very soft, more like shrimp. So those are some ideas. Or maybe we are missing a predator that could have left those trilobite bite marks. So it's not a anomalocaris biting these trilobites. Maybe it's something else entirely. It's just really hard to know. Like maybe they aren't even bite marks and we've made a mistake. So lots of unknowns. Yeah, I was going to say it feels it feels like there's definitely a chance that we could be missing other predators. Like this is from so long ago. So long ago. Like it's crazy we even know that they're a thing. Yeah. That existed on this planet. Anyway, but I also I should probably also talk about their weird spiky arms. Man, I'm getting distracted by the mouth, but yeah, what the heck is going <laughs> on with those like weird tentacles? <laughs> and like, we don't really know what's going on with them. We don't really know why they have them. So some paleontologists claim that Anomalocaris probably hunted by striking forward with those appendages to sort of grab prey and pull it into its mouth. Others have said, ah, oh, that doesn't quite physically work. And they've hypothesized that they were more used to, like, stir up sediment on the ocean floor and flush prey up into the water columns so they could gobble it up. So those are some theories. And what's cool about Anomalocaris, though, like, sort of to wrap it up, is that it shows that predation was one of the significant feeding strategies that started to emerge during the Cambrian explosion. And like I said, this is like a trial period for everything. Like this is when, you know, sort of scavenging started to become a thing and like all these different, yeah, feeding patterns. And so Anomalocaris is famous because it is just an example of really early predatory behavior. And I should probably also mention Anomalocaris was not the only one of its kind back in the Cambrian. So there were other Anomalocaris-looking creatures swimming around out there. And this whole group, including the Anomalocaris, are called radiodonts. And some of them, <laughs> they like all looked really weird. Some were really tiny, like a few inches long. Others were big, just like Anomalocaris. But these early arthropods were probably really important for their ecosystems. And I don't know, I just think it's really cool that we can just observe all the different forms of life that would have happened during the Cambrian. Cool. Yeah. I mean, this is such an interesting episode and in just in terms of evolution and just like thinking about how ways of life came about. Yeah. And like to know that our ancestors were not human, like that always like trips me up. I'm like, <laughs> whoa. Yeah. That is so weird to think about. Like, yeah, that, that I, as like, a piece of matter, like whatever genes were passed down, they're like genes from things that weren't human, like a long, long time ago. Yeah. That I can't even fully realize. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And I'm not saying we were related to anomalocaris, just to like make that clear, but <laughs> like just thinking about stuff that was in the oceans at that time and the very early ancestors of vertebrates. Yeah. It was a totally different world. Completely. And, like, it's so cool, too, to think of, like, these shale patches, like the Burgess Shale, that are, like, in a mountain. <laughs> like, yeah. They, like, and they are, it's a marine ecosystem being represented there. That always used to, like, as a kid, I was fascinated by that. I was like, I can't believe that this all used to be covered in water. How amazing is that? Totally. Well, thank you so much, Olivia. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Make sure to check out our new Etsy shop. 
And very important, next week is our 50th episode, which is totally crazy. We're so excited about it. Uh, And we're going to make it a nice special episode. So be sure to give it a listen. We are going to be featuring a very big creature as a little hint. (laughs) Um, And... (laughs) To stay up to date with us, give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at Beyond Blathers. Tune in next week to learn more about the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. Bye! Bye!